So I don't even know how to introduce you. Like IndyCar driver, sports car driver, sports car IMSA champion. Yes. Thank you. Lamar. Lamar driver. Lamar driver. Yeah. And now with the 27-year break, now recently returned racing driver, Randy Lanier. If you could describe this dinner we just had in one word, what would it be? Exhilarated. <laughs> That's pretty damn genuine. And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio Dinner with Racers, Season 2. Welcome. Uh, I am your uh, host, Sean Heckman. And I'm your other host, Ryan Eversley. And uh, welcome. We are currently concluding a 40-day trip that spanned 12,000 miles over over 29 states, all in a uh, Honda Odyssey with, hey, Ryan, what kind of tires? Continental tires. The Cross Contact LX20. And uh, we drove across the country to bring you a free podcast where you get to sit down and hear what it's like to hang out with a bunch of cool people in the motorsport industry. Uh, and Sean and I. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Randy Lanier. Yes, now, yes. That Randy Lanier, if you're a sports car racing fan. Google will tell you a few things. Uh, but basically, Randy Lanier was part of a wave of guys that just sort of showed up in the 70s and 80s effectively out of nowhere with a ton of money to go out and play race car for anything they wanted to do. So Randy was primarily a staple in sports cars, drove in the GTP era, also did do the Indy 500 in a, in a season of IndyCar racing. Uh, you'll hear a story where he almost got a factory deal in Trans Am. Right. But the, as both a, a guy helping to fund his own efforts and a guy that, that was driving, the, the, the dude was a big part of the sport and the dude could drive. However, his means of funding were, let's say, unique. <laughs> um, so uh, Randy was eventually arrested uh, for basically what was considered the, the kingpin law at the time yes. for running a drug smuggling ring right. uh, of all marijuana. And uh, that was uh, paying for his entire racing efforts and was literally buying race car after race car after race car in cash. He was eventually arrested, got a lifetime sentence uh, under this kingpin law, and then was recently released about two years ago under a sealed court document. So the exact terms of the release are, are not uh, documented, uh, but it's a very common practice right now that people who were arrested for marijuana-related penalties are slowly getting released more and more as, of course, the uh, uh, legalities of marijuana continue to be lightened. So we didn't know what we were getting with Randy. We, we knew he had kind of told some stories to a couple of news outlets before, so we knew he was willing to say things. But what we immediately liked about the guy was that he's just a friendly dude. He's got a big smile on his face. He's so happy about life. He's been away for 27 years. You'd think bitter. You'd think maybe just disgruntled and angry at the world. No, no, no. Loving life. Super happy. Loves talking about race cars. If you get a chance to reach out to this guy on social media, whatever he's on, he would love to hear from him because he just beams light as soon as you mention racing. So we became immediate fans on that side. He was happy to tell us amazing stories. I'm not going to say anything else about it because it would just be wasting your time. You're better hearing it from Randy himself. But please <laughs> listen to the things he talks about. Reference the Don Whittington episode. Kind of do a little compare and contrast. It'll really open up your eyes to how the world was back then. And I just couldn't have been happier that we got the guy. Only other thing to throw in there as far as setting up the story 
is that uh, the next day, Ryan and I had to be in Fort Worth, Texas. That's right. Uh, for a 4 p.m. interview with Eddie Gossage at Texas Motor Speedway. Yeah. And we were supposed to interview Randy at like 5 or 6 in the evening. And the way we timed it out was that, okay, if this finished up at like 8, we'd be cutting it close, but we'd be okay to make it to Fort Worth. Right. And Randy, for a variety of reasons, was running late. Uh, he has a lot of duties with the ho halfway house he's effectively living in. Right. Had chores he had to do. We didn't want to get him in trouble. So uh, we, we put this into the episode, but... Meeting at 6 turned into 6.30, turned into 7, turned into 8. And at a certain point, Ryan and I are looking at our watches going, we, we got to go. We have, we have to, to leave. Like, if we don't leave, we, we worked it out. If we didn't, we needed to leave by 9.30 yeah. to be able to make it comfortably on time. Have our, our hour 4 and a half interview. You're right, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that turned into us leaving at 11.30 at night. But Randy was so awesome, we decided to risk it and just say screw it. So we did it. Yeah. So, all right. Randy Lanier, season two. Enjoy. Continental Tire. Hey, everyone. It's uh, Sean again from the studio. Uh, before we get into the Randy Lanier episode, one little thing to throw out there uh, that was not included in our hosting, uh, because quite frankly, we didn't know about it, uh, is there was a fairly significant technical issue with this episode, something that we had no idea of as we were recording, uh, and it was only until we got in the edit that we discovered it, but we decided to just push through and get it get it cleared up anyway. Uh, there's something unique in this episode that did, has never existed in any of our other episodes, uh, and you'll definitely hear it, but uh, with respect to everyone involved in the area that we were in, uh, we had a very significant electromagnetic interference. Uh, again, out of respect to everybody that was around us, we will spare the details as to the source of that, but unfortunately that did present a challenge in the way that the digital file recorded itself. Uh, we actually debated as to whether or not we'd even put this in, but quite frankly, the episode is so amazing and the, and the stories that Randy tells are so amazing, we decided to leave it anyway. So we're really just saying to, to clarify in advance that there is some significant distortion. Hopefully you can listen through it and still enjoy what Randy has to say. This is probably the best recording we've ever done in terms of storytelling. And it broke our hearts beyond imagination when we when we realized we had this this problem and it's kind of tough for us to get out to Fort Lauderdale and do it all over again. But really, that just gives us an excuse to re-record with Randy uh, down the road. And also, super big shout out to a couple of racing friends of ours, uh, Mr. Bo Borders and Luke Schwartzfeller. Uh, they're both a couple of Hollywood sound guys. Bo races uh, quite a bit in various club ranks. And uh, uh, they're both kind of Hollywood sound guys that we know out here. Uh, they did their best to try and make the sound as good as they could. Uh, unfortunately, you know, there's only so much they really could do. But anyway, shouldn't take away too much from the awesome stories, but just want to put that out there in advance. No need to get up on Twitter and tell us that it sounds weird because we know we apologize. It's still a really good episode. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. That's much better. Absolutely. Yeah, we're working with something now. You can, you can hear us okay? I can hear you good. We told you what, what we're doing in terms of tonight. You haven't done it with me. Oh, yeah. yeah no, that we <laughs> Hey, so literally the minute we're done, we're hopping in our Honda Odyssey and going to Fort Worth, Texas. We've got to be there by 3 o'clock tomorrow. All right, so we're getting right into this because we don't have a lot of time, and that's that's as much our fault. No, well, the particular job I have right now, Yeah. I work in a substance abuse program. Right. 
I work at the residence in the morning. Okay. And in the evening when I bring the clients back, yeah. I'm at the residence. Right. There's 15 to 20 at the residence. Right. Trying to get their life right. Right. To walk on the right path. And so the, the residence is, the, the, the modern term would be like a halfway house, correct? Kind of. Sort of, yeah. Sorta. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is uh, an upscale okay. residence. Okay. Um, very plush. Well, upscale place. It's called Epiphany. Okay. That's the name of the, of the substance abuse program. Okay. So, tonight I was asked to do some grocery shopping. Right. For um, 16 people. Okay. Wow. So, so you uh, went down to the BJ's. Went down to the BJ's. Yeah. Uh, big, big market. Yeah. And um, shopping for 15, 16 people now is, it, is quite a trip. Is it uh, men and women, or is it just like shopping for 16 guys? 16 men. Oh, men and gosh. women are separated in different residences. Okay. Yeah. And they got names. How comfortable are you talking about those days? I, I'm good with anything. Listen, okay. Cool. Listen. Well, here's here's my so you, so you understand where yeah. I'm coming from. I grew up in a household where John Paul Senior and John Paul Junior were like the legends, they, right? They're my buddies. And then right. right. And so when that when it all went under, it was never told to me in a negative connotation. Yeah. It was like here's what happened and here's how it went. And that was like how I was kind of brought up. So today we had lunch with an old friend of yours, Don Whittington. Oh yeah, Don. We had Don? Don. Yes, we did. Oh good. What, what yeah. did you just call him? Down Street Don? No, no. I, no, I, said, I said, oh good, Don. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don. I heard like, what's Down Street Don? Don's my buddy. Yeah. 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 So, so the the let's just get right into it because I'm so happy and excited to be able to sit here with you. So, IMSA is also is known as the International Motorsports Association, but the legacy that was portrayed to it was the. International Marijuana Smugglers Association, hey. and that's what it was called. A lot of things have nicknames. <laughs> I love this guy. I love this guy. Hey, you know, okay. yeah. Who knows? I don't know what my nickname is, but I probably have one somewhere. <laughs> so, well, that's okay. So, Blue Thunder Racing. Where does the name come from? Because I was told that was your nickname, Blue Thunder. No. Uh, okay. Actually, at Indy, they was calling me Lightning. Okay. All okay. right. So, but they put because they put lightning bolts on my helmet. All right. Okay. But uh, Brew Thunder came from when I had wanted to put a team together uh -huh. uh, in 1983. Um, Same I year was, that the movie came out. Uh, I haven't seen the movie. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Well, no yeah, relation. Yeah. Okay. So there's a helicopter movie called Blue Thunder. Yeah. And so we were almost convinced because the timing's so close That's that you made it. Oh, huh. Yeah, right. coincidental. Right. So yeah. I'm at Miami Grand Prix. And I'm driving a March yeah. GTP car right. with Marty Hines. Okay. I got lots of family, lots of friends. Got suites rented at the Everglades Hotel. Yeah. Got all kinds of people there. And pavilions all set up, catered. And we qualify ex exceptionally well. Okay. And on the morning practice, the gearbox breaks. And we don't have parts to fix it. Right. So I sat there and watched the Miami Grand Prix with all my hometown oh, family yeah, and friends. Um, sat there and watched it with them. Okay. So I told myself then this can't happen. I've got to I've got to put my own team together. Right. So then I know what's in the garage. Yeah. yeah. I know what we have. The parts not available. Just, yeah. Not a customer thing where you're yeah. paying some other asshole. So. Um, that started my pursuit of, of putting this team together. Okay. And um, asked Bill Whittington, right. hey, if you want to co-drive with me for the 84 season, I'm going to put it together a first-class team, yeah. and we'll, we'll see what we can do. And he agreed, and um, 
we took it from there, picked up about two March TTP cars, hired Keith Layton, yeah. brilliant, brilliant uh, crew chief, and put a team. He put the team together. I didn't. Right. Uh, I told him, hey, you got make us whatever, winners. Whatever you want to do, yeah. hire whoever you want. There's no limit. Yeah. You know, to our budget. And he took off, um, bought uh, bought the two March chassis. Yeah. Put the Ryan hired Ryan Faulkner, Faulkner. to, to right. do the motors. And it was just, just a great combination. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, I took delivery. I got the first GTP March. Is that the 83G? Chassis. Yes. Yes. That's right. And um, got got the first car, but I didn't have a hauler. Okay. So, someone I knew had a, a rig, and um, it ended up being a rig of. Uh, the guy that runs Collier, he was he's a race fan, yes, got yes, a museum, yeah, it was yeah, his yeah. ring. Okay. Yeah. And, he, and he had Blue Thunder on one of the tags, and the track and trailer driver. Okay. I told him for letting me use the rig, well, they just they let me borrow it. Right. For letting me use the rig, uh, I'm going to name my team Blue Thunder. Just name oh, it. That's, that's how, simple. That's it. That's okay. how it evolved. Uh, okay. So we, we had built this whole thing in our heads. Like, maybe they love the movie. No. The same year. Hey, yeah. And you know what's really a coincidence is later on, um, Miami Marine Patrol yeah. ended up buying some 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 boats to okay. chase drug smugglers. All right. Okay. And they named their boats Blue Thunder. <laughs> and just so happened each other. Yeah, just so happened that they was um, kind of a weird story. They was having one of my co defendants, unbeknownst to them, service the boats. Wait, so hold on. <laughs> so so the, the, the boats the, was, was cat catamarans. Okay. But so the the DEA or whoever it was the was mining, literally it was the Florida Marine Patrol. They were literally employing what it would end up becoming a co-defendant to, yes. to service the boat. Yes, yes. That is awesome. And they didn't know it. Well, of time, course. But they found out sure. um, that they were, he was behind the scene. Right. A lot of the times, I guess, the boats was uh, up on the rack okay. with uh, mechanical issues. Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> and okay. it just, but it was just odd. That, yeah, it's uh, weird how serendipitous uh, it all is. Yeah, but. exactly. All right. So, Sorry about the train. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... Backtracking a little bit, uh, the way I read it, I've read a bunch of articles on you. Uh, you were you were starting to sell weed a little bit, like not on a big scale, and then it kind of grew from there into being an enterprise. Is that the idea? Yeah, and you got it pretty much. I started at a very young age. Okay, so what what interests Sean and I is like the tide of the motorsports world, where you guys had, like you said, a budget that was pretty much unlimited. I had no budget. So w when you watch, I don't know if you've seen these films, but when you watch a movie like the movie Blow, where they're selling, it's it's based on Seeing true stories. Blow, and no, no they, George, and they've got <laughs> you know the real guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so in one of the scenes, they have a house filled with cash because they can't. They're literally running out of room to put it. Yeah. Are we talking about that kind of funds for you? Like you had a similar situation where it's just money on... Um, large sums of money, yes. Large sums of money. Large and so money. you're paying for everything in cash. So you've got all these friends coming to races. You're paying hotel rooms in cash. You're paying everything in cash. Pretty much is that, in is cash. Is that how it would go? Yeah, absolutely. So how would you transport it all? Like if, if let's say you're going, if you're going from down here to <laughs> Road Atlanta for a race weekend. You're flying private up there on a small plane or something? Yeah, no, yeah, a little Learjet. Okay, yeah. Learjet, sure. And then, and then you would just have boxes of cash with you on this. No, in your no, hundred dollar bills fit pretty good. You can take a hundred grand or so. Okay, it's pretty small. Right. You know, that's a good point, actually. Ten, 
because Don stacks of, of 10 grand, 100 grand. So right, Don pointed out to us today. He said that you could buy the 935 K3 for like eighty thousand dollars. And when you think about that, you don't need a briefcase filled with millions of dollars because the not. whole car is only eight hundred grand yeah. or whatever. So yeah. okay, so different times now. Like uh, uh, right here, thank you. Now, for example, like my I race the new Acura NSX that's coming out, and you can buy one for five hundred thousand dollars, and that's like the middle, like that's in line with the Porsche, the Ferrari, the Lamborghini. Whoa. They're all half a million dollar cars. Nice. Whereas yeah, that's you, what it's at now. You guys were buying the cream of the crop at, at eighty thousand. Well, yeah, 20, back 20, then I think ago, I right? think the uh, GPP was uh, the March was a hundred and I think one hundred and fifty grand. Mm -hmm. Right. If okay. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But even still, but cheap compared to right. today's, today's standards. Yeah. But you got to say 30 years yeah, later. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so you you start gaining more capital, I guess is a good way to put it. And at that point, you're like, okay, now I can really make my dreams come true. I can drive whatever I want. I can self-fund my IndyCar rides, my sports car rides. And that's yeah. all you did, right? Yeah. So the legend I've heard is that you guys would have like a crash and like March would bring an entire chassis to the track just in case because they knew you guys could come over and go yeah we need another one yeah march usually had a extra chassis yeah uh, along at the tracks right yeah so at, at any point <laughs> are you like man this is a big show like i'm putting on a big show here i'm running blue thunder race team i've got cars winning races over rothman's and big big operations were you thinking this might be too much or was it just, no, like, kind of blind, right. like, we're doing this? No, didn't think like that at yeah, all. Right. Yeah, right. Uh, I it? just... But, like, what about from an exposure standpoint? Because, I mean, at a certain point, people had to talk and be like, okay, that money's hot that he's spending. Yeah. Um, at a certain point where you're just thinking, we're, we're not really sponsored. Somebody's got to be noticing and going, eh, I don't know about this guy. Yeah. Was that ever a thought? I thought it, it came through my mind. Sure, sure right, absolutely. Sure. Especially you when you're doing illegal activities. Right. Yeah. Think, oh, maybe uh, I better get somebody else to fund me here. <laughs> right. You know, right. Write sure. a check for yeah. a little bit of yeah. sponsorship. Right. right. And we had a few people that would write a check here and there. Right. So that could say, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, this is where it's coming from. So right. So half a million dollars, and no, that's it. So without sounding like an idiot, you seem like such a friendly guy. You have a big smile on your face, and every picture I'm I've ever seen of you, you, well, you look like that back then, too. You've always seemed like a very happy-go-lucky guy. You. Most drug dealers on in movies and, and crazy stuff are portrayed as these evil, just horrible people, <laughs> and it sounds like you were like, hey, I'm going to fund this race team. Here, crew guys, get whatever you need to get paid, get paid. Let's buy cars. Let's run, let's run, let's run. So I guess you're breaking the stereotype in my in my head from movies and pop culture that all these drug dealers are horrible, awful people. It sounds like you just wanted to go play, and you found a way to do it. Well, I big race fan. Yeah. So and uh, the understanding of the drug dealer. Yeah. I grew up in South Florida. Sure. And growing up here, my first thing was a ski boat. Yeah. I'm yeah. A, I grew up water skiing. Yeah. All right. So dirt biking. I grew up dirt biking. So. From dirt biking to water skiing all summer, every year when I was a young guy, my first boat was a little 17-foot ski boat. And just the culture here in South Florida in the 60s was very hippiest, maybe. Um, it so was in everywhere else, I think, maybe, in 68, 69. So growing up here in the late 60s, uh, experiencing the culture with the parks and the lovings and the... Know, and the drugs um, it was pretty normal the marijuana culture was yeah, pretty yeah, normal yeah right 
So at a young age, um, doing construction work, or doing construction work, I, a lot of the workers would come over to me because I had long hair. Yeah, okay. yeah, right. That, they approach me and say, hey, where can I get the stuff? Sure. Yeah. You smoke grass? Can you get some? Yeah. Right. And that sort of opened so, yeah, up a business. Yeah, of course I can get some. So, that, so, so literally, it was just sort of, I'd say falling into it would be the wrong term, but basically, it was a business opportunity that you kind of saw come to well, you, but based on guys yeah, just sort of coming Working here in the summers, 15 years old, digging footers right. for houses, right. housing developments, hot sun. And I was making more selling grass to the construction workers than working at than, construction. Than yeah. working yeah. construction. Yeah. <laughs> and it yeah. seems like I'm pounding nails and digging ditches yeah. when I can be selling bags of, of grass. Yeah. Right. But the, the the business opportunity of sort of growing a, a marijuana business, that did that come before the racing? In other words, you weren't stuck trying to race and figuring out how to fund it. No, you started the, making the money. marijuana business came it. first. Okay. And yeah, it was, I grew up. Uh, you know, young, yeah. young teenager selling right. weed. Next thing I know, about 19, I ran my first load in on a 27-foot Magnum, and okay. um, went to the Bahamas, picked right. up right at 700 pounds. Wow! Ran it in, and okay. it worked. What, what would that What would that equal out to at the time in terms of money? If you could bring in 700 pounds of, of pot, yeah, yeah. This is in the early 70s. Right. So I think I sold it for, I remember right, $150 a pound or something. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as you're gaining confidence in that, it, it, I mean, I'm assuming you're like, it's like anything else. You're like, cool, I'm getting better at this. I can keep doing it on a higher level or whatever. And that would kind of continue to go down that, that yeah, road. Yeah, continue to do that, and prices keep going up. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. And and, it, and the the marijuana trade at that point, it from what I understand, is it it hadn't quite become a mafia-run business at that point, correct? Like a guy I don't, like you I don't with think no it ever became a, a mafia-run or right. any organizational-run right. thing. Right. Um, so a a guy like yourself who's who's happy-go-lucky, who's not necessarily in some sort of syndicate or something like that, could grow something out like that. Absolutely, I mean, did. Um, yeah. Uh, it was um, growing up. It was we. I did everything on the front. Right. Uh, no weapons. A handshake. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was all friends. Right. Right. Uh, right. It wasn't the. It wasn't the, the tough things guy. You see in movies. Uh, yeah. 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 Right. No. Shoot 'em up type of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's no weapons involved in my yeah. case. Right. Yeah. Uh, no violence. Yeah. Uh, I was a first-time offender. Yeah. And what's really amazing is uh, there was never no marijuana found. <laughs> I have oh. what they call a dry case. Wow. So wow. not one seed uh, was ever ever caught. Well, right. and so so I mean I want to talk about racing here. Yeah, let's uh, talk about racing. Okay. That's uh, what I want to talk about. All right. How'd you meet the uh, the the Whittingtons? Well, goes quite a ways back in the yeah. 70s. Um, I ended up buying a, a motorhome okay. when I was racing, the, doing the um, e-production. SCCA stuff. SCCA, yeah. Yeah. right? And um, we all became friends. Okay. And happened to be in the same business. Right. As with the racing and the other business. So was that a, an understood thing between all of you guys? Would you know, you sort of had that mutual bond. It wasn't like, no, let's never talk about this here kind of thing. Well, 
we didn't talk about it around racing. Right. Sure. That we was racing. We took right. that racing very serious. Yeah, sure. that's true. the same kind of attitude Don had. Okay. Yeah. I mean, they took it serious, and, and they were fast. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we took racing serious. Uh, no business was ever discussed. Right. Um, going to tracks, coming after tracks. Right. Right. Uh, anything we talked was racing. Yeah. It was all racing. But did it make more sense to partner with them simply because you guys did have that mutual understanding of your business? No. That, you that, just like that, it, right? that, just, No, I, no and, and they were fast. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Trying to win. Okay. I like it. Yeah. 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 So, uh, good race car drivers. Yeah. That's who you want to associate with. If you, yeah, if you pair it up yeah. with a teammate, you don't want to slouch. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know? For sure. Then you're working double hard. That's right. That's right. I don't like doing hey, that. You know, you, know, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you make all it. that gain, and then you got to get it get, back. Right. So, right. Yeah. So cool. Our relationship was racing. Yeah. And our relationship on the side was was business. Right. Yeah. yeah. And never the twain shall meet. So now, now Don was never involved with it. Really? really? Yeah. For real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the government might think so. Sure. He wasn't. Well, and, and we talked about this with Don. I mean, he was only convicted for money laundering, not for anything yeah. related to, to the actual and, trafficking. And he was never, uh, he was never hands-on like I was. Right. You know? right. Never. Um, so, you start buying race cars. What's the first thing, what's the first big car you buy when you're like, okay, we have the budget. We're going to go do something cool. Is that the March or was it 935 or something? Well, it was a March. Okay. A March. Driving the 935 was like, at the time, was the car. It was badass. And uh, loved it. I would love to drive one to this day. It's awesome. Really fun car to drive. And then I drove the, the March and just thought, wow, this car's got a little bit more down for us. Um, kind of can corner it a little bit. Get on the throttle a little bit earlier. Doesn't have the lag that the turbo has. You know, so you can kind of play with it a little bit on the starts and stuff, restarts, and uh, went with the GTP March yeah. chassis, and it was a good call. Yeah. It, it was the call of the year. Yeah, you guys had a lot of success with that chassis. A lot of success. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of other GTP Marches out there. Creepy Crawley had them. Buick had them with the V6. was a hell of a lot of horsepower, more than what we had. And, um, but we ended up um, having a, a stellar year. Sure, sure. So were you ever into IndyCar stuff or was it like the Whittingtons are racing IndyCars so I can race IndyCars? Or like how does the, how does the transition over into like yeah, Indy stuff? Well, listening to Indy as a young, young boy on the radio uh, and then started driving club racing watching Indy all the time, I'd always, uh, as I was growing up and becoming a race car driver, I'd always thought, how cool would that be? And how cool would it be to win the 500, you know? And most American drivers would tell you, you know what, I would love to race in that race. And it's awesome. So with that in mind, and then knowing people that competed in it um, was a little bit easier of a changeover but my first IndyCar race was um, Long Beach oh hell of a first my race my first test session was at Road Atlanta oh wow so okay. and, and it was in a cold winter day yeah and as you know 
when the track's cold and there's frost on the ground. You're not getting much out of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a different animal. Right. right. And uh, I come out of out down through the through the bridge. Have you driven there? Uh, yeah. yeah. He yeah. lives like five minutes. I worked there, at the racing park. school there for like yeah, 12 yeah. years. Oh, great. Yeah, great. Seven years, sorry. But what yeah, year yeah. Did, you, did you work there? Did I you know my brother? What's your brother's name? Steve. Yeah, I'm sorry that he, he was just passed. Manager. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I knew Steve very well. Yeah, yeah oh, yeah, did yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. So I worked at the Panthers Racing School, okay. and, and he had been there for ages, okay. and then he continued on. I left yeah. back in like 2010, yeah. but I still go there all the time. Well, but yeah, very familiar with Steve. My mom always said the best thing come out of my situation yeah. was my brother got a good job he did he right. did he worked so, there until he yeah. and i had purchased the track yeah from bill right and don't a lot of people know that okay so we had questions about that as well that did you ask don yeah but he he, he didn't <laughs> he didn't want to give us anything <laughs> yeah. and that's fine hey, hey, listen, but i'd read your story I, I'd read I, your story I and, I, and i think you would appreciate where we're coming from because we're not we're not hard-hitting journalists no. we just love we just think it's an awesome story it's an amazing story and it's you clearly an have an awesome story. attitude about it Thank you. So, so the rumor is that you guys would land planes on the back straight oh, yeah. and, and like to move product to vehicles or whatever needed to be done. And there's and no control again, towers. There's, is, no, yeah. there's no radar. There's no control towers. You can do whatever you need to do. Is that the case? Not, not with me. I, not, I don't know nothing about that. Okay. Okay. I All mean, right. I bought the track to, to um, test. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to race. Uh-huh. And... Um, I thought about laundering some money through there. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. No, it's a cash right. business. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, that's one rumor squashed, or at least from your time there. Second rumor, uh, is there money buried around the around the property? Not that I know. That's of. A, yeah, that's yeah. like a that's hey, mythology. I would have been I would have been out there. Right. Right. <laughs> I right. Been out there already. I was like, we're going that way, <laughs> hey, man. We'll take care of it for boy. you. Boy. Yeah. I come out of out of prison with one hundred and sixty dollars. Yeah, man. Twenty seven. What'd you later. go in with? Went in with quite a lot. Yeah. Um, from money here. Yeah. And I did have some money buried here. Um, oh, in Florida? No, no, I did, but I dug that up and moved it to Virginia. Okay. And they ended up finding that. Uh. Several million dollars. And uh, you asked me a question. What? So there's, go ahead. Anyway, had money here. Buried, yeah. And yeah. Um, they ended up finding it all. And even the money buried in PVC pipes. Okay, that, no, yeah. Uh, I did bury some. I know a guy that still does that. <laughs> I'm serious. And he doesn't have any reason to. Well, I had reason to. For sure. Yeah, but the Justice Department ended up locating all that. So. Yeah, so, okay, so because when you work around Road Atlanta, there's a noticeable object on the back straightaway that most people don't realize, but there's wires that go across the track for power lines. And there's those giant red balls. That are there to show you, like low flying aircraft right. don't land here or don't come through here because there's there's wires. And so the old adage is, well, yeah, because they used to land planes here. <laughs> and then the other well, old adage is that there's money buried yeah. somewhere, and that and that Randy Lanier would know where it is. And that was the old joke. And then we always said, well, if that's the case, then Steve wouldn't work here. He would have came in on the first day, and then he'd have been out of here. So yeah, that's how I didn't think it was true. That but was the, that's the rumor. That anyway, my mother always say, well, at least Steve's got a job. Right. So <laughs> it was like a running, yeah, yeah, yeah. running thing with us. Right. Um, and I was. Really glad that he stayed on with yeah. each each buyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, he um, did a good job. There's no reason to change that. Yeah, you, you know. Um, so, so you test your first Indy car at Road Atlanta, at Atlanta, and it's freezing cold. Freezing cold. How, and d does the test go okay? Or test didn't go that good. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, let's hear. I wasn't happy with the test. Sure, sure. Uh, first, 
first several laps, heating the tires up. I guess I was a little anxious. Okay. Come off and come down through the hill on turn one. Yeah. Get it crossed up. Ooh. Got up in the grass sideways. Yeah. And there was, they had never, somebody had left the battery. Yeah. In the grass. Okay. So when the car gets off in the grass, hits the battery, and yeah. you know what that can do to oh, the yeah. side parts. No problem. So there we are. We, we, the test session was cut out. Right. It was done. Right. Yeah. So the test session didn't go good. So the next test session was um, out in California. When did I out in um, maybe Riverside? Preparing for the uh, Long Beach okay. Grand Prix. Yeah, that test went a lot better. Okay. So warm yeah. weather. Getting more used to the change of the chassis. Right, right. That test went okay. Yeah. So, I mean, at, the, at this point, you're a capable race car driver. You're doing really well in the March. So it's not like an Indy car is, like, insane to you because at that time, GTP cars were almost freaking as quick. So um, so you make the transition to Indy cars. You get to run the 500. You don't embarrass yourself. You do well. And then roughly around that time is when it all starts to crumble, right? That's kind of the last of it. Yeah, it starts to crumble uh, after I had ran Indy. Yeah. Uh, in 86, I knew they were on me. Okay. And you won well, Rookie of the Year at the was, end. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, kind yeah, of a big deal. Finished 10th. Yeah. Finished 10th. Right. Rookie of the Year, which yeah. was a great honor. And Absolutely. during an era, I mean, a lot of talent there now, but 1986. Drove I mean, with a lot of, lot of great competitors. John Hawkins. Uh, Hero, right. Hero, John heroes of Indy yeah, yeah, Heroes yeah, of Indy yeah, 500. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the competitors were thick. Yeah. Uh, from Bobby Ray Hall, Emerson Filippaldi, yes. yes. Danny Sullivan, A.J. Ford, Mario Andretti. Yeah. Rick Mears. Yeah, I right. mean, yeah. all the answers. Yeah. Al Unser Jr., Al Unser Sr. They all were there. And you're in the mix with them. Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. And it was big fun. Yeah. I can all imagine. Right. All right. All right. All right. Who is just uh, to this day a great friend? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Man. And you're, at this point, you're already a, an IMSA champion. IMSA champion. The, I mean, because I mean, today that would be just as relevant. But I mean, you're going against Factory, like so. You won the IMSA GTP championship yeah. in '83, 1984. Four. Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you're beating Factory programs, right? Porsche's got a team and whatnot, and you're showing up. Some guy who didn't start racing at eight years old. Some guy who just sort of showed up into it. So. At a certain point, that's just not some wealthy guy. That's a guy that's actually showing up with talent. They, a lot of times, guys like that can can be negative about. They're like, "Where the f is this guy coming from? How did how did they take to you when you when you're all of a sudden showing up and beating people?" Actually, um, made a lot of good friends. Yeah. Um, we got along good. I got along good with everybody. Right. Um, had uh, no not not a lot of animosity. I don't think. If there was, they kept it from me. Yeah. Which yeah, I yeah. didn't I didn't really care about. Right. I'm there to race. Yeah. Right. But I made a big mistake. Uh, when I went in my first year at IndyCar, I um, went to to Europe, looked at the looked at the chassis, yeah. the Lola and the Marches, which was the hot chassis. Yes, yes. Couldn't make up my mind, so I bought two of each. <laughs> I bought two Lola chassis, two Marsh chassis. In cash. The worst mistake I could have made. In cash? Yeah, uh, in cash. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I go to test as I'm doing these, starting for the, the season. Yeah. And I drive, uh, let's say, a Lola chassis right. from 8 o'clock to 10 or 11. Yeah. Have lunch, get in the March chassis. But it was too much information for me. But I didn't know it at the time. Uh, because, first of all, you have so many different types of body parts, 
so many different types of parts, gears, and everything else. So I would test uh, one chassis for right. a few hours and then go test another chassis, but I, I was getting... Um, and with a team that probably didn't know each yeah, car inside I was getting uh, overload, yeah, information yeah. overload. Sure, yeah. But I really didn't realize that until towards the end of the season when I, I wasn't having really great performances. Yeah. Um, but the following year, I, w I went with, the next year, I went with one chassis. And all of a sudden, from finishing 13th and 15th and 18th, now I'm finishing 6th in the top 10s. Right. So when that started happening, and I realized I'm, I'm giving more better information to my crew chief than I was the following year. Sure. And it wasn't just from getting more seat time. It was from uh, information overload. Knowing what you're, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was just, you know. So I would never recommend that to nobody. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Stick yeah. with one chassis and, right. and do what you know. Right. How were the vendors about getting cash? Because like it seems strange. Like in the current year, if somebody did nothing but bring cash yeah. to to a Robin Hurd was good with it. Uh, he's in March. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And so was. Um, Carl Haas? Carl Haas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We got that. That's yeah. funny. The cigar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cigar fingers. Yeah. Yeah. I see I got right signed to I was huh? like, yeah, yeah. And one guy smoked big cigar. Right. Got it right away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, okay. So you go to Michigan for the 500. You have this massive crash. Go to Michigan, yes. And that's the last. Yes. That's the last big race, right? Because that's my last big race. Yeah. So you have what? What happens in the crash? Like what causes the? Um, Mario had cut a tire. Okay. And um, when I came into the pits, um, as I as I'm coming in, I my crew chief tells me the last four laps I was uh, 214 miles an hour in traffic. So I my car is really good. So when I come in, I choose not to take tires. That was a bad mistake. Uh, they had the tires out ready for me. I chose not to take them. Just I, for the sake of a faster stop? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they swept up the debris. Light turned green. Second lap around, I cut a tire. And it coming into turn three at, at about 214. Yeah. And yeah. it was over. Yeah. yeah, it was like a ton of bricks on the steering right. well, wheel when you cut a tire. No yeah. soft wall, no Hans no device. No soft wall, yeah. no. And I'm thinking, why didn't this knock me out? <laughs> right? Why can't I still see this? Yeah. Wow. So you remember the whole so, crash? Absolutely. That's the worst. That's the worst when you remember. Slid it. down, slid all the way through turn three, came back down at the end of entering four, coming into the in, coming into the yeah. uh, infield there, and I'm thinking. Man, this hurts a lot. Yeah. And what had happened? The tire had come back. The right front tire came okay. back. Oh. Into the yeah, yeah. back. In the side part, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Side part broke my my right femur. Uh -huh. Compound fracture. Yeah. Ooh. And um. That means it was sticking out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Through, hey, and then uh. coming through the uh, tore tore my my Nopex uh, Nomex underwear the fireproof. Yeah. Like it was sticking through the suit. The driver suit, which was a three layer back then. Yeah. Oh. Oh wow. Um, Bill Simpson did make good suits though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say. He did make, I remember he used to set himself on fire. Right, he would. Yeah. yeah. And he'd set that yeah. up saying, boy, I hope you don't have no wedding band rings on. <laughs> yeah, right. So <laughs> burn it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so, uh, 
ended up getting airlifted and having a, having yeah. a surgery on my leg. And yeah. um, that was my last race. You mentioned earlier, you said by that point, like kind of close to the end of the, the big pro racing stuff, you were you felt you were like they were on me. How would you know? Like, what? Like, is it every movie I've ever seen where there's a van out front and you're like, okay, they're not really fixing the power? I got a lives. funny story. I love funny yes, stories. Do, right? I, will here here. I will stay here all night. Uh, <laughs> the case developed by someone getting arrested in Illinois. Okay. It's like a domino. Okay. Yeah. He gives up. He his, squeals. He said he rats supplies. out, and all yeah. of a sudden, it, they yeah. have one in in Missouri. He gives up his supplies. And they're using these guys against each other to, to get the bigger story. They keep doing that. And they get to some guy in... Now, none of this is my merchandise. Okay. They get to some guy in New Orleans. Arrest him. He gives up all his information. And one of his suppliers is here in Florida. They arrest him. And but before that happens, the guy in New Orleans, brother, shows up at my house one day, and I'm recovering from Michigan. From Michigan. Yeah. And uh, he tells me, no, this is before Michigan. I knew before Michigan. I knew before Indy 500. Now I'm. I knew before I raced at Indy 500, they were watching me. So, guy shows up at my gate one day. I let him in. Haven't seen him in about five years. He says, hey, if you're doing anything, don't do it. FBI's watching you. I look at him, I say, well, I ain't doing nothing. I'm just here to let you know. My brother got arrested, blah, 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 yeah. and he's cooperating. Yeah. Well, this so happened that I did have something happening. It was 10 days offshore. Okay. Coming into New Orleans. Right. And so the wheels are in motion. It's wheels not, are in you motion. Like, you can't just email somebody say stop. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. this is a 300-foot barge with 150-foot tugboat. Yeah, right. Okay. So I had to turn it back around. Running through the Panama Canal, wow. back up the West Coast where I had a, a spot. Meanwhile, how are you communicating this, by the way? Yeah, like we got like, sideband radios and so forth. All right. So, meanwhile, the FBI is watching me. The, the FBI is from Illinois. They're down in Florida. The two, the main agents. But meanwhile, after the crash in Michigan, now I knew they were, so I sent lawyers up there to negotiate. Ah, okay. Couldn't negotiate. They want full cooperation. What does negotiation mean? Like you'll negotiation tell them some things? Negotiation means, and... hey, I, I, I'll plead guilty, give me 10 years, and I'll forfeit over $10 million. Okay. Forfeit over, you'll, Whatever it is, I'm right. trying to, You're try and, and I'm trying to work something right, out. Well, and, and exactly. To, yeah, to set yeah, the political stage, this is the 80s. Reagan had his war on drugs. War on drugs. They just passed this new, what we now call the drug kingpin law, yeah, uh, exactly. which you would have qualified under. Yeah, I uh, did. Which means even if they don't catch you doing anything, if they can prove there's conspiracy and collusion, you're part of that. Yep. And that was what you're trying to avoid at this stage yep. because it's a exactly. lifetime sentence. Yep. Yeah. Okay, go on. So I'm trying to get 10, 15 years, something, something I can do. Yeah. 
and keep my honor. Yeah. Couldn't negotiate with him. Sent lawyers up there several times. But meanwhile, unbeknownst to me, my house gets raided one day. And, uh, and you, but it wasn't by the FBI. It was by the, it, uh, the DEA. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my, on a whole other separate case. Sure. Oh, wow. I'd gotten indicted on. Now, was your but house ready for Here's this? the funny part. <laughs> I had been telling my wife, I'm out at restaurants like here, and I said, I think, I think, that, I think those people that are watching me. I think those people over there are watching me. Right. Y'all, you're paranoid. Yeah, yeah. But it was, I was correct. Yeah, the right. DEA never told the FBI. The FBI never told the DEA. Right. I, so there's I, like two separate groups I, watching that. Exactly. How many yeah. telephone poles need work here? <laughs> yeah. 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 But um, anyway. I, so I guess the question that that I, I'll hear about later if I don't ask. As a guy making the kind of money you're making in that time, buying race cars like crazy. You bought four race cars in, in one setting, basically. What's the most lavish thing you bought outside of racing? Like, did you have a helicopter that you didn't need, or a tiger, or like, are you are you buying crazy cool stuff for your friends? Like, oh, um, you shopping so center. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> you bought a whole shopping, shopping center. center. I, I, I own it. Shopping them. center. Yeah. Mobile home park. Right. Uh -huh. Road Atlanta. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that qualifies. Right, yep. right. That's fair. Why did you buy a shopping center? Well, I thought it was... Uh, I mean, is it a business thing? Like, no, are you trying to no, find a way to travel Sometimes money? money accumulates. You just want to get... You, you need to do something. Something with it. You gotta okay. get rid of it. Exactly. Right. It sounds weird. No, no you got to get rid of it. Yeah. I get it. Okay. But, yeah. so... And these are tangible assets you can own. Exactly. So, yeah. Right. Had a restaurant here on the beach. Okay. And the, the odd part is all these things... I had other people, friends, fund them for me, and then once I got went to the joint, they sold it off, and so they all profited. Sayonara. Wow. Are they taking care of you now? Absolutely not. Not one dime. <laughs> you want to be part of a podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get you on here. I don't know how it pays, but um, well, we can always publicly dismay them now. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone you want to name? Yeah. Uh, no, I have no resentment <laughs> and no animosity. Uh, and for real, it took me a long time, 18 years, before I came to the realization that you have to have no resentment in your life if you want to really have happiness, no hatred. And you gotta have a lot of forgiveness. Yeah. So, look, I, I wish nothing the best for everyone that was involved with, with my um, doings. It's an interesting political culture right now because obviously you went away. The only the only drug you trafficked was marijuana. That's what you went to prison for. The whole kingpin thing. Marijuana is now effectively legal in a lot of places. It's completely legal in Colorado with some restrictions. Where I live in California. It's Oregon, pretty easy to get Washington, a card. Alaska, yeah, Alaska, exactly. Washington, D.C. We just went to Denver the other day, and it was like yeah. all these dispensaries, and we were like, so technically it's legal. Right. We should stop. So, <laughs> like, like, you're, you're, there are guys just like, but there are guys just like you who are serving life sentences. Still, yes. From, from something that's now legal. Yeah. So is there, are you part of an effort? I know there's a few groups out there trying to, yes, to work um, more to get these guys. Pretty yes, I am. I, I hopefully... Um, like to have a voice um, 
in getting the word out that um, it's cruel and unusual punishment to sentence people to life in, in prison, natural death for marijuana. It's a plant and no, no one should ever have to spend their entire life for um, selling a plant, smoking a plant. It, it, it's ridiculous. And you were released on a, what's I think a sealed court policy, so obviously the conditions of your release are, are not public, but was it, you had a life sentence and all of a sudden you're out. Was it related to that kind of thing that, that you got well, out? Well, I, I come in the right kind of time. There okay. was a clemency project, okay. uh, Obama um, Justice Department. Okay. Uh, I'm not the only lifer for marijuana that's been released. Right. Uh, one of the top two, three that started after me has been several more that's been released. Yeah. But um, I didn't get clemency. Uh, I got a motion was filed and for time served, and it was granted. Okay. And but that, so it's still on your. I mean, you'll. Every job interview from here to the end of life, you'll be a convicted felon. Absolutely. Right. For right now, yeah. Right. Whereas clemency, that wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. So, you know, hey, I'm not allowed to vote, but you know what? Here it comes. Here it comes. I hate to say this, but what? Yeah. wow. Yeah. How did we end up with those two clowns? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I hear you, man. I, I, I read the story. I, well, I read two versions, so I want to know the real story. But the last, like, let's say the last week of your free life before you go away, tell me about it. Like, the heat is on, you know it's coming. My last week, yeah. I had I had been in Switzerland. Okay. And, and you're and not there on vacation. You went there because it's... I was, no, I was there taking care of business. Uh, okay. okay. Mm -hmm. But at this point, were you trying to stay out of the U.S.? Or... Uh, no, I didn't come back to you down on stage. Right. But were you trying to avoid countries with... Actually, uh, uh, yeah, well, how did you get out? Like, how did you leave the U.S.? Did you take a, a private plane or, because, I mean, obviously, they don't want you leaving. Yeah, I took, um, when I left the U.S., I took Concorde. <laughs> no way. Wow. Okay. I flew the Concorde out of Those here. Those are gone now, you yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah Concorde <laughs> no more. Yeah. Yeah. But were you going to, like... Concorde, and I'd have a, a Hawker 125. Okay, that, yeah. Waiting for me at Heathrow. And okay. were you trying to stay in non-extradition countries? No, not, not at that moment. Yeah. Um... I had a lot of business in Switzerland. Okay. Geneva, Zurich, uh, Luxembourg, Liechtenstein. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is that because that's where they would allow offshore accounts and things like that? Had, so could, uh, yeah, I had a lot of banking business yeah, over there. Yeah, right, right. Well, you had a, you had a mall <laughs> that had to be taken care of. The shopping center. Shopping center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so you take the you take the Concorde out of the country, which is awesome. Then you have a private jet waiting at Heathrow for you yeah. as well. And then you take that. I, I had different passports, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I had Makes like sense. a bunch yeah, of passports. Okay. Sure. So you, yeah. You can pick them up for 25 grand. No. <laughs> 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 We're not, like, no one's going to ever say those things to us. So yeah. that's like, yeah. but, well, just because yeah. no one has that experience. Are you yeah. sure you yeah. don't want to, you don't want to come on the road trip with us? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're in. You're, you're, hey, you're, you're, you're patched. <laughs> okay. So you, so you have multiple passports. Multiple passports. You yeah. get yourself to, to, to Switzerland via private jet from Heathrow, I'm assuming. Okay, so now you're there, and are, you're tying up business because you're going away. Is that the idea? Like I've got to go disappear for I'm a while. I'm tying up business because um, some of some people that had gotten indicted knew some of the lawyers, portfolio managers that was I was dealing with. So I didn't want them to be able to put anybody onto them and find some accounts. 
So my last week, though, you asked, I left Switzerland. So is it a week later? So how, how long were you able to were you able to be gone, like away or, or on the run for or whatever? Ten months. Wow. Okay. So wow, that's a long time. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's not very short. Yeah. So, <laughs> very short. You look wrong. Well, very yeah. short, man. So I leave Geneva and fly to. I have a house down in Antigua. Okay. And I had a boat there, a 60-foot Hatteras. All right. And my intentions was to go to my house in Antigua, yeah. see my crew down there, and have the boat taken to Venezuela, okay. where, unbeknownst to them, a French crew was going to pick up delivery of the boat okay. and take it to the south of France right. and then Costa del Sol. That's my grand plan. I arrive and I end up going fishing. Well, it was supposed to only be like a two-day trip, but I ended up spending five days mauling fishing and fishing for grouper and snapper and eating lobsters and snorkeling and you know getting fresh conch, making fresh conch salad. Having a great time. Having a great <laughs> life. And and no one's been hurt. No one's, no been, one's been injured or attacked nope. or anything. No. Nope. Yeah. There's no violence at all right. in my case. Yeah. Just, just a bunch of guys selling weed. Yeah. And so I'm fishing for ends up one day. I end up staying on the boat for five days, right. anchoring up on islands. Yeah. And just finding the leeward side where it's nice and calm. Yeah. Throwing the anchor out. Are you alone other than the crew? Do you have friends with you? Or are no, you I've got a girlfriend with me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got a girlfriend with me. She does met she, me down there. Does she know? Yeah, she knows. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 She, so, she ended up uh, getting indicted four years ago. Oh, okay. Later. So it's not like a random girl it's no, your actual girlfriend. I ended up yeah, marrying her. I've read about it. Yeah. We got married and she ended up getting indicted yeah. for money laundering. Right. Wait, you got married and she got indicted still? Yeah. Doesn't Four that... years later after I uh, after I had gotten arrested. Right. Gotcha. So so, so you're anchored my on last island, week I'm just, fishing, fishing. I'm living I'm life. Living life. I'm eating lobsters and conks yeah, and fresh out of the ocean. Fresh out yeah. of the ocean yeah. every day. And you know it's coming up. And well I know it's coming, but I'm thinking I can avoid it. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so, fishing and enjoying, getting lobsters and conch, and on my fifth day, I see a little, I'm anchored up on a, on an island, on, on a beach, like near a beach, on the leeward side, called a Barbuda. Okay. Sister Island, Antigua. And a little plane lands on the grassy runway. And I'm on the cockpit, the, the back of the, uh, the boat, and I tell my crew, what do you think that is? And they say, oh, it's probably tourists. So we, we go and get some, um, some lobsters for lunch and come back and pull anchor up and head back in. And unbeknownst to me, it was two FBI agents who their job for the last 10 months had been to by all the Caribbean islands looking for my vessel. And they wow. happened to find it the day they found it, I happened to be on it. Wow. So when I get back to Antigua, there's like a, a big cliff right here. There's a little tiny reef right here. 
like a big cliff, a reef, and you have to come through an inlet. And this whole bay opens up into a big bay with sailboats. Okay. Anchored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's docks at the far end of this bay. Uh-huh. My boat is has a dock over here. I pull into the reef, pull into the inlet, and behind behind this big cliff is a 90-foot gray PT boat. Wow. So I'm up in the flybridge with binoculars. I turn around, I see this big Navy boat. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Yeah. So I ask my crew, what do you think they're here for? Uh, right away, they say, oh, they might check our papers because we've been gone for five days. I said, now pivot the boat around like you will head out to the ocean. So as we pivot the boat around, the PT boat closes does the gap. this yeah. and closes the inlet. Yeah. I can't get out with my boat, so I'm stuck. So I tell them, they're not here to check for papers. They're here for me. Yeah. And I got on the bow of my boat a, a, a dinghy. You know what a dinghy Yes, is, yeah, a little right? tiny boat. Like, little, right. Yeah, single engine. A Zodiac, yeah, single yeah. engine with a winch. Yeah. I said, hell no, put the dinghy in the water. Hurry up, hurry up. So I get in the dinghy. Yeah. I mow it around to this side, and I tie up on the dock. You take anything with you? You got a, you got a backpack? or? I, t I tell my girlfriend, hey, go down and get my attache bag with the passports. Yeah, because you had a grab bag on the road, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 How right. much is in the grab bag? Not a whole lot. I mean, it's a sum, maybe 50 grand. <laughs> That's a lot. Okay. <laughs> so Fair enough. she yeah. went to go grab it, yeah. but I got so anxious that I... I didn't wait. I yeah. took off. Yeah. I, I, too, I got too anxious. Yeah. I, I left, go to a dock, get off. All I got is a pair of baggies. No shoes, no shirt. Yeah. And it's 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's not there. <laughs> hey. Hear you. Hey. Hear you. So I, I walk down the dock. And I changed my mind. And I said, I better go back in that boat, and I can go across the reef. On the dinghy. On the dinghy. Yeah. I yeah. Get, and they, they, I'll get lost in the ocean. And yeah. Maserat's 30 miles away. Okay. I can get lost and go to Maserat. Yeah. So as I'm walking down the dock, the PT boat had launched their dinghy, and they got four guys with rifles pointing them at me, coming towards me. So I turn around on the dock and take off running. I don't. I ain't got time to get in my boat in my little dinghy. And I run down a dirt road, and as I'm running down this dirt road, about a half a mile or so down the dirt road, a big dust storm's coming, and it's more jeeps. It's the local, local islanders, the police there, and they end up chasing me up a hill, a palmetto bush hill. You know what they are? Big thorny. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I end up getting. Call and I heard halt or we'll shoot and I turn around and I say, hey, That's it. You got me. Yeah. And that was the end of the story. Yeah. What what was during that time, what was the end game? Was the idea to literally just hide out forever? And just kind of keep moving from place to place or, well, you, or did you know I you love get racing so much yeah. that I thought I read this about you. I thought yeah. I'm in Switzerland and I thought I could take care of my business go to New Zealand right. and race some maybe Formula Atlantics or uh, whatever they got going down in some sure. open wheel yeah. club racing and yeah. stuff. So I was starting to do a little research 
to put some places a, where you wouldn't put a little. Yeah. You loved it that much. Racing. That you're like, I'm gonna wow. disappear as long <laughs> as I can race too. Yeah, right. dude, I get it. It was like, am I like, retarded? <laughs> totally. What, I hear you. What would your name have been? I have no idea at that point. I had a few different names. Yeah. Yeah. Say, what were some of the passport names? Huh? What were some of the passport names? John DeLucia, uh, Ray Lane. My, right. I kept my Ray Lane for Ray Lane. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Easy. Sure, sure. Yeah. You know, different names like that. Yeah. Did you ever do like cartoon characters and movie no, characters? No, <laughs> oh, no. I had some British names. Uh, Bill would like this. It wasn't Whittington, but it was Worthington. <laughs> 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 I thought that was a, a good name. Yeah, uh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Tre Trevor Worthington yeah. was one yeah. of my names. So, okay, so the, the, the fun's over now. Now we got to go do the time for the crime. You go away. You, you don't strike me as the guy. Uh, you're so nice. I can see, I can see it in your eyes. You're, you're a kind person. So now you have to go to jail. And because you're this, quote, like, drug lord or whatever they probably labeled you as, you probably got put in a bad place. You didn't get to go to, like, it's all good. Right. I went to um, USP, United States Penitentiary. Yeah. Maximum security. Jesus. Uh, so you're with murderers, rapists, the whole thing. That's within those places. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of drug dealers. Right. Yeah. Man. Throughout the years, it took me a long, long time to really make the best out of it which I tried to do the whole time, but um, took up oil painting, learned how to, how to oil paint, became a chess player. My chess game, I like to think, is strong. Yeah. Oh, I like to play chess now. Do you, have, do you have an app on your phone yet? No, I haven't been playing chess um, I, since I've been out. I okay. haven't been playing. I've That's been too much other to stuff going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absorb everything around yeah. you, sure. But I will get an app. Yeah, I was going to say. You we'll, just reminded me. We'll set you up, yeah. Just reminded me to do that. Uh, like to play chess. Yeah, uh, look, we got 19 hours on the road. We can play uh, against the army. Oh, you guys like to play? We'll, we'll actually out. been talking about it yeah. the last couple of days. We can put it out. Hey, yeah, I enjoy it. Right. I'm just not good at it. Okay. I like it. No, but I'm not good well, at it. Yeah. you know, the more you play, the better you get. So you, you you go away, and like you said, it took you a long time to make the best of it. How like how long? Because you're 18 years. 27. It, Jesus, I'm sorry. <laughs> 27. <laughs> How how long does it take you to adapt to like okay this is it for a while, or do you never adapt and every day is still like well no I, I you don't I don't think you adapt to certain certain things the time goes by and not a whole lot can be accomplished but it can be accomplished yeah. in certain areas you know so like I tell you I became an oil painter right. and I like to paint now yeah I would probably never taken that up sure sure had I been out here what do you paint Landscapes, okay. Wildlife, yeah. Like the like wildlife, like landscapes. Um, painted on um, one automotive, one with one automotive, a uh, 1955 uh, SLR Mercedes, um, in the Miles Emilia yeah, yeah, race yeah. in Italy. Yeah. Like in the rain. Are you good? Is it good stuff? I'll have to show you. Yeah, I want to yeah, see it. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you do a Blue Thunder piece, I'll buy it from you. A Blue Thunder piece? Yeah. yeah. I'll do one. I'll buy it from you. Okay. No question. Yeah. So you're there for a very long time. This is when I start picking you back up on my radar. You get out, and I read on, I think, Jalopnik, which is a very popular website. Oh, yeah. Jalopnik, uh, I went to um, 
got a crazy, I'm out in the halfway house and I get a, a, a Facebook message and an email yeah. from a guy called Michael Carr, okay. who happens to be the same name as my prosecutor. Huh. Oh, funny. <laughs> so, and it's, a pro, it's an attorney asking me if I'm interested, uh, he, he'd like to have me come join him in a, in a race yeah. with AER, right. American uh, uh, Endurance Racing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I said, absolutely, but is this a joke? Right, you know, that's what I mean. right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, the same name as my prosecutor. Right, prosecutor. It wasn't a joke. A great guy. Yeah, uh, we became friends right away, and uh, went to Ohio, mid Ohio, yeah. back when I was racing. That Jim Truman owned the track. Yeah, yeah. And I became good friends with Jim Truman. Yeah, um, liked Jim a lot. And then I think Bobby Ray Hall, when Jim passed yeah. on, I think yeah, Bobby yeah. Ray Hall took, took the over mantle. the track. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and Bobby, too, is another gentleman who, uh, great, always got along good with him. Right. And um, so I went to mid-Ohio and drove there, and Jalapanik came and did a little short um, interview video and um, enjoyed that. Ended up uh, driving, uh, doing some laps in the road track, uh, 335. Yeah. BMW. Uh, just had great fun. Yeah, I yeah. loved it. Uh, yeah. First car I've gotten in, and then since then I've been in a 997 oh, for sure, oh, testing wow. down here. Um, oh yeah, yeah new technology like with yeah, yeah. sequential shifting, all that. Right, and, 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 that now. Yeah. And I tell you what really blows my mind is the technology with the data sharing. Yeah, yeah. where you can yeah. lay uh, guys overlays. laps yeah. overlays. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Hey, what a great uh, learning tool. It's almost like cheating, right? It's like. First time I saw data, I said, this shouldn't be legal. This it's is, so helpful. This is, <laughs> yeah. It's so great of a learning tool. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Imagine if they had that back in your day. I, I mean, would have loved it. You're yeah. literally yeah. coming out from like a 27-year cave to things like ABS and traction control and yeah. data and, and pneumatic yeah. shifting and all Cars that. Cars that'll last all year long without yeah. having to be rebuilt. Yeah. Sequential shifting yeah. just blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I had, no, I had, when I was racing, um, the GTP and the Indy cars. Yeah. I didn't use a clutch then. I'm right. shifting. Right. Uh, yeah. But it was still yeah. a manual uh, pattern, uh, right? And you still had to time it right and all that. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. Just split it and, yeah. And you had to know how to drive. Yeah. Yeah. And I never used the shifting, op shifting. Yeah. Uh, down shifting, I did. You yes. know, clutch. Right. But uh, op shifting, uh, I just developed a technique not to use it. Right. Uh, right. Right. So. It's faster not to. It was same same kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Did, were you able to follow racing at all during time? Uh, I was disillusioned with the way the IRL yeah. and caught yeah. uh, came apart. Yeah. Um, How would you get your racing news? I would. Uh, we would see TV. We have TV rooms. Okay. Okay. And um, I had at the time a lot of subscriptions uh, to race ma to car okay. magazines sure, and sure. so forth. Sure. And so that's how I get a lot of my my racing news was yeah. magazines. Yeah. And I had some friends. Uh, um, that would keep me in touch, who was really part of the cart board, yeah. um, who's now passed away, a great guy, uh, uh, Frank Garciaro. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. So he, yeah. Uh, he, he, he was an avid racer, and yes. it brought up a lot of young drivers. Michael yeah. Andretti was yeah. one of his yeah. drivers. Yeah. I was one of his drivers. Okay. So you, you get out, and you get to do... A, a, an AER race, which is, I guess, kind of similar to like a chump car chump or car. lemons. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. We still haven't yeah. done one of them, and I'm dying hey, to do one it. now. Hey. That's what everybody says. Hey, yeah. The first day, I, I, I show up at the track, 
I haven't been in a car now. Like a car? You probably I, haven't been I, in a vehicle I, much. I, I've been <laughs> in a couple of vehicles, but I haven't driven a whole lot. Yeah. So, um, they tell me they want me to go out the first day, but it's raining. Yeah. And I'm the first one out there in the rain. Yeah. And I said, all right. At, at Mid-Ohio? At Mid-Ohio. Mid-Ohio sucks in the rain okay. right now, too. It's so slippery. So, it's slippery, and you got the little rises. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And, uh... I'm out there, and I'm trying to be concerned. I don't want to spin it. Yeah. I, I want to ride. Yeah, I want to yeah. drive. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to crash the car. Now, and the car I'm driving is, uh, they've got the top cut off. It's yeah. a 335. With no roof. With no roof. <laughs> oh. So I go out, and I'm about uh, maybe 10 laps. Yeah. And um, I come over one of the rises, and as, uh, as, I, as, as I get up on the rise, as you know, it can lose a little bit of downforce. Yeah. I lose it, I spin it, but I keep it on the course. But I'm thinking, oh, I can't do this again. Yeah, right. And it wasn't two laps later, <laughs> I do the same thing yeah. again. All right? And that's time I get off in the grass. Yeah. But I don't hit the rail or anything. So it comes back in, it dries out. And we end up having some mechanical problems okay. that day, so we don't spend a whole lot of time on the track right. because we have a uh, we had a clutch issue, and I didn't know if it was me or one of the other drivers. I'm thinking, sure. I'm thinking, hmm, what if that was me? <laughs> no, no, always blame the other guy. Always blame the other guy. You're a real driver. <laughs> yeah. right. So, um, so the car kind of stayed parked in the garage, repaired everything, and uh, the next morning I show up, and um, Road track is there. Yeah. Asked me if I'd drive their car, and I said, "Well, let me talk to Michael. If he lets, he, yeah. he's fine with it because he brought me here. Yeah, yeah. He was good with it. So I drove for uh, I think an hour, and, hour thirty, hour forty-five okay. wow. in the in the in the road track car. Yeah. Shoot down. When I get out, I go down to the pit, and it's about my time to to change drivers. So mm -hmm. I, a few minutes later, I'm in the other car. Yeah. Right. Come in out of there, and um, when I come in this time to change drivers as I'm down in the pits, um, one of the teammates tells me that, man, we've been chasing your time this last session, nice. that you put a, a second fastest nice. lap yeah. in the car. I said, oh, so about that time, oh, I, they asked me if I'd finish the race with the road and track. Yeah. BMW. So I go down, I f finish the race with them and drive another hour and a half, or yeah. hour 45. But it ended up, as each session goes, I was getting more comfortable, more sure. comfortable. Yeah. And um, made me feel good because of the team I was driving with, I ended up not trying to have yeah. the fastest lap, but ended up worked with out. The, worked out that I yeah. had the fastest lap of the day. That's cool. And uh, so kind of went away from the track with a good feeling yeah. that... Yeah. Yeah. That you know what I can do this right. Yeah. So that's what it's all about too. Yeah, when I good. first started racing, I was always concerned with this. Am I capable of doing uh, this? Yeah. You don't want to. Yeah. You never want to look bad. You know what I mean? You're like, I don't want to look like a chump out here. So you're getting a little bit of TV time in, in prison. You know, getting to see some of the races. You probably saw the whole thing where Johnny O'Connell tried to kill Dario Franchitti at Detroit. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. Story. Yeah. That's an old. So talk about life after you. You, you get out. You. Oh. Uh, you get to do some chump car race or ARS. Yeah, yeah. And then, is it my understanding you work for Swap Shop now? 
No, I, 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 I was working. Okay. Yeah, I was working for the swap shop. Okay. Preston's a Preston good friend Hen. of mine. Yeah, yes. exactly. Uh, fellow race car driver. Yeah. Um, billionaire now. Right. And um, so, uh, yeah, I got out. He gave me a job. Yeah. Um, and is that kind of that old school, like we're old friends from back in the day? Let me help you out. Uh, May have been, yeah, yeah. We go, we go way back. Yeah, uh, we drove. Uh, I've driven a lot of his cars. Yeah, a lot of nine thirty fives of his. Right, uh, the BB five twelve. Yeah, Daytona, Le Mans. And um, anyway, he all he, he offered me a, a job. Yeah. And um, I also, when I got at the halfway house, I stayed at his beach house. Uh, oh, that's a in, nice in place the guest to stay. House, that's not uh, too bad, in right? Guest house for about six months. Yeah. And um, became a manager of the swap shop. Okay. And was doing that. And then opportunity arose to where I could do a, a, a reality slash documentary. Excellent. Oh, when's and that coming so out? Going, this That's is coming out probably first of January, first part of January. Okay. Oh, start okay. showing on Apple TV. Fantastic. Cool. And was, that's all, all, that was our idea. Yeah, yeah, we wanted well, to do that. Well, with it's, all, uh, it's all back on track. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so cool. um, Great. So back on track. Back on track. It'll be on Apple TV. Film the TV show. Okay. Okay. Um, Uh, When we're done here, let's exchange. uh, Let me give my card to hand to your producer. (laughs) Because he can use this to promote it. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Absolutely. And so we um, got back on track coming up. uh, Started out being, um, I had an idea when I was at the halfway house. Some producers came to see me about uh, a movie. Yeah. Um, which is kind of in the works. Yeah. And um, so um, I had an idea that uh, for a reality TV show about me going to um, club racing. Yeah. Uh, grassroots racing. Yeah. Um, everything from grassroots racing to club racing to pro racing. And... You know, following it and meeting the different types of characters. Yeah. That um, building backyard race cars. Okay. Okay. Barn car race in their yeah, barns, yeah, in, their, yeah. in their garages, in their carports. Yeah. yeah. Uh, something that society can can relate to. Right. Um, so uh, they thought it was a good idea. They passed it along. Yeah. Somebody, another producer, ended up liking it. Coming up, we met a, met me and we got along good. Yeah. And, um, so we filmed uh, here in in Fort Lauderdale in Miami Homestead Speedway. Okay, cool. Uh, driving the 997. Very cool. I went down there for a few days, yeah. filming, driving, testing. Cool. Uh, it was fabulous. Uh, so uh, that's all coming out. Uh, finished. They're just editing it now, putting the soundtrack Great. on it. Okay, that's and awesome. And so by January, I hope the uh, my TV show will be happening. We got to get you a driver ranking. Do you know about driver rankings? No. Okay, so basically. Let me ask you a question. When you were coming into this world uh, as a race car driver and you knew you weren't like a pro like Mario because you were funding your racing, getting yourself there. Nowadays, what they call that is a gentleman driver, somebody that's paying for their own ride, regardless of talent. That's that's what you'd be called. Now, when you were doing that, when you were funding your racing to go race the Indy 500 or GTP or Le Mans, did you ever think to yourself, this isn't fair that I have to race against Mario Andretti because he's a big superstar and I'm just me. Never thought of Never that. came to your mind, Absolutely right? Absolutely not. Neither did it for myself Actually, I or thought anybody. I'm, 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 I'm probably faster than anybody out here. I love this guy. <laughs> that, yeah, I, I love like this it. guy. So you now, never had like a bad practice session, especially in like yeah. a co-driver event like in GTP. Yeah. You never got out and said it's bull that those guys are all pros and, and you know, we have an amateur in our car. Look at look, no. the look on your yeah. face. is like, yeah. I don't. What the hell am yeah. I talking about? So no. now what they've done, and by they I mean uh, the FIA in France, 
They want it to be easier for guys that are paying the drive to compete, in theory, is what they want. So what they've done is they've ranked drivers on their results by either calling them a, 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 a bronze, is for like the guy that hasn't raced really before and he's just getting into it. A silver is supposed to be like the guy that's just getting pretty good and, and almost to the level of pro. And then gold is a paid pro, and then and uh, platinum is like a factory driver, superstar. One driver or something yeah. like that. The, the, so, what you just explained to me, yeah. uh, just like it's like uh, out in left field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never had a guy say to me, this isn't fair, I have to race against that awesome driver. They always say, how much is this going to cost? That's what, they, <laughs> that's what they say. But then the other thing yeah. is like when, when you bring these guys up, generally they'll be like, oh, man, I get to race against – you know Scott Pruitt. Sure. Yeah. You're like, yeah, yeah, you get to race against Scott Pruitt. Yeah, I got a story yeah. about with Scott. So, okay. Hurley Hurley Haywood last night out of nowhere is like, oh Scott yeah. Pruitt. Yeah. So we'd love to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I met Scott through um, um, the, the Olympic guy. Bruce Jenner. Um, I met Scott through Bruce Jenner. Caitlin Jenner. W went, Are you yeah, aware of that? Well, yeah, yeah, I'm aware of it, but <laughs> I know him as Bruce. Bruce, yeah, sure. So I met uh, uh, Bruce was wanting to drive, or he introduced me to Scott, and we went to dinner. Okay. And um, he was wanting to know about Scott having a, a ride with the my Booth Undertaker. Yeah. And so I, I had Bill and other drivers that I did uh, after Bill got indicted that came along but anyway um so that was about it or went to dinner and so forth but um in 1984 when i'm driving the blue thunder team um i'm at mid ohio and uh, i had went to a bachelor party and had flown back late on a friday or saturday uh, on the learjet and uh, i had to do the race but my the bachelor party i had uh a, Big yacht here in Fort Lauderdale. It was like my right hand man. Okay. Had a band on the yacht yeah. and all kinds yeah. of all kinds of women and it's just a big party. Movie a scene. A, like a party, scene out a, of a, a bachelor movie. party. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah. So I make it to the race and I ended up we was testing a a cool hat with these yeah. little sails yeah. and I had, had the, the hat on in the race and was leading the race and um I hadn't turned on the circulating for the coolant. Sure, okay. So it wasn't, the, 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 the liquid was getting as hot as it was in the car. Yes, yes. yes I didn't yes. know this. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, I black out. Oh, God. And I hit the guardrail uh, in first place. Yeah. Hit the guardrail. <laughs> make it into the, it kind of wakes me up. When yeah, I'm just yeah. brushing the guardrail. Yeah. I get it off the guardrail, came back in, and they literally pulled like, me out of the car. Yeah. The paramedics are over there. Yeah. Bill gets in the car, takes off, and um, they want to give me IV. They say I'm, I'm dehydrated. Yeah. And um, I say, no, just take me to my motorhome. Okay. And this all happens that that weekend I had my PR person had brought in some really big potential sponsors. Okay. And we had been had the whole tent with the catered. Did it right. And I had been noticing off outside the roped-in area of the catering hospitality tent that I seen and noticed a couple of gentlemen with ties. Okay. And a suit and a jacket. Yeah. Who wears a suit and a tie yeah, to a racetrack? Yeah. So I told my wife, I said, man, I think FBI is watching me. Okay. I, the gentleman in the FBI, I think. I spotted him out. Yeah. 
So now I make it back to my motor home. I lay in bed. I got the air conditioning blowing <laughs> on me. And my wife comes in and says, hey, here's a business card from the gentleman with the t- coats and ties. I take the card, and it's Michael Cranifus, huh. SVO, Special Vehicles Operation Ford Motor Company. Yeah, yeah. I said, oh, he said, they're outside. They'd like to talk to you. I said, all right, I'll be right out. <laughs> so I get out, yeah. I go out, and it's Michael. Yeah. Great guy. They asked me if I'd come to Detroit. They'd like to have a meeting with me. And they'd been watching me all season. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, sure, I'd, I'll come talk to you. So um, fly up to Detroit a few weeks later, and it was impressive. Oh, yeah. We go into this room, and it's a sonographer comes in, sets down. Oh, really? And it's wow. like a huge table, must yeah. seat 35 people. Right, right. And she's at the one end, and I take Bill with me. And I take um, Bill, and I think I take my PR person okay. and myself. And we go up there, and Ford, Michael, offers me uh, a deal to drive for Ford Motor Company. Okay the 1985 season and um, I ended up making a long story short told him I'd let him know I'd think about it yeah but in involved with that it was no Indy car racing oh uh, yeah uh, they yeah. didn't race any cars yeah. right they wanted me to do Trans Am sure okay so I turned them down and they hired Scott Pruitt yeah oh cool and that's who they took so and and Scott went be, on and won became Scott Pruitt yeah yep alright yep. so Huh. To be a proper race driver, you have to take credit for everything. So Scott Pruitt owes you his entire career. <laughs> let's, just, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Boom. Yeah. All right. We do a we do a pass along question on on the show, and we weren't sure if we were going to get Don today or not because he's a little hard to get a hold of sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, and you know what? I'm surprised you were able to. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah that's very good. Yeah. So uh, so he was cool. Don's a gracious guy too. He, he was, was very great. With very very cool to get to meet him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. He he's he's like no bullshit, right? No. And yeah. so we're like, hey, we do a pass along question. We're gonna have a, we're gonna meet with Randy later. And we already told him that. And he's like, okay. And we're like, so any question you can ask Randy. He's like, eh, I, don't, I don't need to ask him anything. I, I know him. <laughs> I know. And he's, like, he's like, I know him. And we're like, right, but for the, the but we're like for the show, yeah. you? And he's like, no, no I'm good. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. But because we didn't know if we were gonna meet with him, we asked Hurley yesterday. We're like, hey, we don't know if we're gonna get Don uh, before or not. So. Uh, do you have a question for Randy? Oh, oh yeah. And so Hurley Haywood said, yeah, absolutely. He said he wanted to know what team would have intimidated you back then at, when you had, like, Blue Thunder racing. Because his, his take was when you're out there racing and you're always trying to get in people's mirrors or you're playing mind games, they said you were really easy going, so probably not going to get bothered by anything. Yeah. But if you were, who would have intimidated you back then? Intimidated. Actually, that would be I would be hard pressed for anybody to intimidate me yeah. in a car. Yeah. Uh, that that wouldn't that wouldn't happen. I mean, no driver's going to intimidate me back then. I felt like uh, I was as good or better than maybe not. Uh, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could lay down the lap as fast as anybody in any car. Yeah. Right. You can say nobody. That's no, a fair I, answer. I, no, I, I don't think there was a, yeah. a, a human out there that could intimidate me. I love you, I man. mean, for real. Seriously. I mean, not that my ego's that big. But you just believe in yourself. Absolutely. Were you I ever get uh, I get it. starstruck? Like, oh, that's Mario. Oh, that's AJ. Any no, because at the time, 
Um, I was a lot faster at some tracks. No, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, at some I love tracks. It. Absolutely love it. Yeah. And, but record, I knew I was fast. Proves it. Go, yeah. You know, yeah. and out qualified many times. Yeah. Um, but I know he was getting older. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I give him that. You know, he was getting older, and 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 um, you know, things happen. Yeah. You know, but uh, um, and then times he was a lot faster than I was. Right. But um. But no, if you're spot on and you got the right setup, yeah. if I got the right setup, then I'm going to be just as fast as anybody that gets in my car. I love and it. I mean, that's how I, I feel. That's how I feel now. You know? And that's the way you should feel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you go out there and drive with intention. Yeah. You know, that, you know? That's 100% right. So tomorrow, in theory, <laughs> if we make it on time, you need to pass long cushion. We're going to be having Who you gonna see? a guy named Eddie Gossage. He is the president of Texas Motor Speedway. Oh yeah. He is notorious for putting on very large publicity stunts. Like for example, they have I don't remember what the thing's called, but they have a giant like dinosaur robot that crushes cars. Oh really? Like it picks up cars and, yeah. and then like like that. So he's yeah. like kind of I've met him a few times. He's a super cool guy. Yeah. But any question you can think of it doesn't have to be about racing. It can be. It can be fun and games. Texas, whatever. Texas Texas Motor, Motor Speedway. Speedway. Yeah. I've never been there. Yeah. They built it after I went in. Yeah, sure. After uh, eighty uh, yeah. nineties yeah. or yeah. something. They built it's a fast like tackle, isn't it? Super fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's an oval basically the same as Atlanta Motor Speedway yeah. or Charlotte. Super high yeah. banks, so yeah. they go real fast. So any question you can think of for Eddie Gossett, what's up? Uh does he have a driving school that track? There we go. Cool. Okay. All right. And, and if so, does he need <laughs> does he need any driving coaches? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like it. Uh, no, that'll work. That'll work really well. So, when when you have, you know, what it would have. I'm trying to get in the race car. I hear you, we man. Can, we can tell. That's what it's all good. about. That's Sizes, what it's all about. It don't matter. Yeah, any yeah. type of car. Yeah, so, so, you know, when you go through what you went through, it's amazing the friends that you keep and the friends that you lose in that kind of a process. Yeah. Who would surprise us that, that came to visit you quite a bit? I tell you who, the, no racers come to visit me. None. Except for one. Okay. Frank Garcia. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You still talk to Ryan at all? Talk to Ryan? No. Okay. I, I, I have talked to Ryan. Yeah, I back that up. Okay. Yes, I have talked to Ryan. I mean, he would have been really young. When, when I talked to Al, Albert. Okay. That's his son. Yeah. Uh, great guy. Yeah. So, but Frank. But Frank uh, Garcia. Okay. Frank surprised me one day. He didn't even tell me he was coming. I'm in Leavenworth. Okay. In, in Kansas. Yeah. But I'm in the hole uh. for an escape. Whoa, whoa, what? Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Oh, wait a second. I heard about this, where there was a helicopter. No, that, that, was, was, your... that was my co-defendant. That's right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was in Miami. Right. <laughs> Were you there at that time? No, I, okay. was, in, uh, I was in another my, uh, Florida prison. Okay. And I got locked up for it. Yeah. And transferred. What'd you do? Uh, nothing. Nothing? Uh, I got locked up because he tried to escape. The guy in Florida. Really? So, so the you're guy paying in, for his So sin. basically, the guy in Florida tries to... Rig this helicopter escape stunt. Yeah, he had he's, a little bell, bell helicopter. Yeah, and it went totally so. He's hanging on the skid of the thing. Right. And it goes haywire. He gets the, the, the helicopter's tail rotor gets stuck in the fence or something. Well. He gets wrapped up, breaks a leg. Yeah, when it, when it landed in the wreck yard. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't there. Okay. Yeah. So he ran out to get in it. Yeah. And the guy pulled, yoked up. Yeah. He wasn't all the way in. So he sat back down. When he sat back down, it hovered more 
not straight. Okay, it tilted back. Covered down. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. He got in his seat. Yeah. He yoked it up, but he didn't realize he had hovered back yeah. more. He yanked it up. The tail rotor caught the Constantino wire. Right. Flipped them over. Yeah. Tore down 150 feet of fence. Jesus. And broke one's back, broke the other's leg. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't good, good day. Yeah, right, right, right. And right. hey, you got put in the hole for this. So then you're yeah. you're miles away, and they're like, all right, yeah, put them away and sure. make sure nothing's gonna yeah. happen. Because we had been communicating with lawyers okay. back and forth. Oh, so you knew he was gonna do this? Well, I had an idea. Yeah, an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and at the time, I had something going. Atta boy. So, okay. I got a Shot mine right. I love you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shot mine right up the door. How many times did you try? Well, how many times did I plot or try? Uh, it seems like all my plotting and planning always ended up getting... Because it seems like if you got a life sentence, there is nothing to lose with plotting to get out. Because, no. like, what are they going to extend the life you in the hole. Yeah. 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 I tried every joint I was at. Yeah. yeah. I plotted and planned. Had multiple types of ideas. Yeah. Have you seen Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, I have. Yeah. How, how does that... How, how, how relatable is that movie? Very good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah movie. Very good movie. Um, like it. It was filmed right next to Mid Ohio. Well, in Mid Ohio, that movie, yeah. that, that yeah. prison was a real prison in Ohio, yeah. Yeah. and the, it's literally in Mansfield. It's, oh. We went there this year because yeah. we had a half day off or whatever. Yeah. But that movie was yeah. filmed there. Yeah. So if you get the chance to go back to Mid Ohio, yeah. I doubt you want to see a prison anytime yeah. soon. But no, it's actually a pretty I, neat thing. But I will because uh, once I can. I like to do some speaking, motivational yeah, speaking, yeah, something yeah. at prisons and so forth. I did one motivational speaking here. Uh -huh. That's how I got this job. Okay. Did a speaking engagement for a substance abuse program. Uh -huh. Met the owners of the uh, substance abuse program, and I was telling them, hey, I'm, you know, I just I, I was thanking them, yeah. a lot of gratitude yeah. because I was out of out of a job, and this really helps me pay my bills. Yeah. And uh, they say, hey, we'll give you a job if yeah. you get certified to be a behavioral health technician. So I went On and got way. my certificate to become a behavioral health technician, and that's what I'm doing right now. Good for you, That's man. why I was at tonight. Yeah. 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 The residence. I love it. Good okay. for you. Yeah. My, awesome. uh, my favorite part of Shawshank is Morgan Freeman's character gets out. He's been in for a long time, and the world has passed yeah. him. Like, he's looking yeah. Women are blowing his mind. He's been, he's like institutionalized. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get out, we have cell phones that have more power than, than you know, what launched Space the moon. Shuttle, yeah. <laughs> you know, girls are dressing differently. I mean, what's, what are the things that have blown your mind since you've gotten The out? cell phones is the number one thing. Yeah. yeah. That, that, these things right here. And by the way, Doctor Who on your cell phone cover? Is I don't right? know. Someone gave me that. Oh. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Damn it. No. I was like so excited. You what is that? That, that uh, is what's called a TARDIS. I wouldn't know either. Uh, I'm a nerd, so I know these things. Yeah. So that's called the TARDIS. Uh, if you ever see like a girl with like hipster glasses, we don't have time for this. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, it's it's a very popular British TV show called huh? Doctor Who. Yeah. And um, that that yeah. telephone booth uh, kind of takes him to different worlds. Oh really? Yeah. Well, yeah. one of my friends happens to be a uh, he sells covers. Okay. Okay. He, he, and what he does is. Uh, you can give him any photo that you want, okay. and he can put it on your phone. Awesome. Any photo. Okay. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And he sells little protective things, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and he swells it at Swap Shop. Oh, okay. That's how I got to know him. Yeah. Uh, okay. And um, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. That's how I ended up with that. <laughs> okay. So, so cool. um, what was the last thing you asked before the phone thing? 
Well, yeah. uh, so it was, uh, uh, who uh, visited you? So Frank oh, yeah. Oh, Frank Osseo yeah. visit me. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Who else so, me? so then you, you kind of let it slip that you tried to escape, and you were in the hole because... Oh, yeah. Frank, how, Frank how, surprised me. I'm in the hole yeah. for conspiracy to escape. Okay, so you didn't actually get, didn't try, get trying. I they were just catching the action. Got a plan, the plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I've probably been in the hole at the moment, three or four months. Right. And... Uh, they come and get me and say, hey, you got to visit. Well, you were in the hole for three or four months? I spent two years one time. Jesus Christ. In, a ho in the hole. Two years. For, for trying to escape? Yes. Holy like, So that means it must have been a, been a pretty... Sorry. So it must have been a pretty elaborate plan, right? Because they're not going to be like, yeah, I was going to sneak out the side door. Yeah. Because then they would have given you a month, right? Yeah. So and, what was the what was the grand scheme? Well, uh, that one was with the helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they work quick. <laughs> Wait, but so, so this is what I don't say, like, you know, in the, in the but, movies. But there was other ones that was very elaborate that wasn't with So in the movies, yeah. you're on the telephone with the glass in between, and, and that way everybody can monitor That's everything. how I seen Frank. How, how do you communicate a helicopter coming overhead? Like, how does that plan develop when you're stuck where you are? Well, you have to have some visits and kind of verbally face-to-face -face yeah. with somebody. Yeah. Uh, not over the phone. You don't say, I need a helicopter. But anyway. This is the best but, dinner of all so time. So I'm seeing, I'm seeing, tell me I got a visit. Yeah. 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 Who's I'm coming? Thinking, so they shock yeah. you out. Yeah. So you can get a visitor even when you're in the hole. Uh, well, you get a, yeah, you can get a visit through a uh, that window. Okay. Okay. Uh, phone through the yeah, window, yeah, but you I, can't see, okay. and they're on the other side of the window. Because I thought when you were in the hole, that's like, you, 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 you don't get good no, stuff like that. Um, they have to. You, from... you can ha you can have a visit. Okay. okay. All right. So, um, 15 minute visit, yeah. short visit. So, uh, they tell me I got a visit. I'm not expecting nobody. So they shackle me up, take me out to the little visiting room. Yeah. I get see on the other side is Frank. And he just come by to say hi. Yeah. You know, I'll, he was traveling through wherever he was traveling yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, stopped in to say hello and, and that was it. And did, uh, how long had you been at that point? Let me see, that was 1991. Okay. About four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. gotcha. That's cool. So look, looking at the overall, what what would you do different if you could go back to 1980? To 1980? Let's say 1980. What are you doing different there? Are you like, I, would, oh, I, would, I don't want to go to jail. I would, I'm not doing I would stop, uh, I would have stopped uh, importing grass yeah. and just continued racing. Yeah. How would you have funded it? I would probably took the Ford deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 Scott Pruitt. Scott hey, Pruitt, you owe me. Put to the curb, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Hi to Randy Lanier's family at home. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it, but it, that, it brings up a real, I mean, had that well, Ford thing not materialized, how would you have paid for it? But you, I would argue that your results were good enough that you could have got, you were going to get the paid ride. They were offering yeah, you a Trans Am yeah. contract. That's a, that's a, Big back then, money was probably a pretty good out. offer. Yeah. Do you know? Did they offer you a fine, like a number? Well, they was offering um, a good number. Yeah, if yeah. I remember right, they, it, they was offering the, the 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 negotiations was going through um, my PR person. Yeah, okay. basically, it would have been at the time beneficial. Yeah, no, it yeah. wasn't a lot, whole lot. Yeah, I'm just curious no. what the number would have been back then. It wasn't a whole like lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
but you could have done it. it. it, it would have, I would have would have made a living at it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a good answer, though. And that's like, yeah. It, yeah. When you're winning championships at that point, and you're doing the laps, it's not like someone else is doing the work for you because it's you and Bill Whittington driving yeah. together. Yeah. Neither of you at the time or in today's age would be considered pro racers because you're self-funded, but yeah. you were talented enough. Yeah. Which we also saw out of other drivers like Al Holbert and Peter yeah. Gregg. They were wealthy, Al Holbert, but they're fucking good. Al Holbert yeah. was was very fast yeah. and um, clean racer. Yeah, uh, quite the gentleman. Uh, he was steady yeah. with his racing. I loved racing against him. Yeah, that's exactly I, 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 what uh, Harley Haywood said. Yeah, yeah. love yeah, you could race side by side with him. Exactly. Yeah, uh, and uh, Dirk Bell, you could do the yeah. same. Yeah. I, um, he lives in this town. He lives in Delray Beach. Does he? Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen him. I like to see yeah, him. I saw him once. Oh right man! Here. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, I might have to reach out then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you're you're in for 27 years. What's the first meal when you get out? Oh, the first meal I got out that morning, I had steak and eggs. Yeah, where'd you go? Uh, to my mom's. Oh, there you go. Yeah. 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 What was the first thing you wanted to see? Because I saw the picture of you I with your feet in the ocean. ocean, and I love that photo of you. Your hands up. Yeah, yeah I wanted to see photo. the ocean. Put yeah. my feet in it. Yeah. Just wanted to see it because yeah. I spent a lot of time on the ocean. Yeah. And I used to really like it, so uh, I just wanted to see the ocean. Do you fish now? And uh, been fishing. Yeah. Just seeing the ocean and seeing trees. Yeah. Uh, for whatever they cut trees down in 1991. From where you could see them, you mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the like the old prisons I was in, yeah, yeah. they had 40 foot walls. Okay. So when you go to the wreck yard, all it. you see is the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you go on top of bleachers and see over the sure. wall, but that the trees was long ways away. Yeah. So to be up close and to actually see the bark and the the moss and the and the stuff that grows on trees and it's just the little things in life. They don't it's, even think about. Yeah, and yeah. Flowers and green life and right. the tree plants and you know because it's not happening in a prison yard. So um, life is super good. Good. I'm happy to. I'm happy to hear that. We're so happy to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. So, uh, so I apologize for being so. No, so it's late. all good. It's all worth it. Worth it. Yeah. Worth I it. think if Eddie Gosses listens to this, he'll understand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Technically, if we leave hey. in the next 20 minutes, oh, we can still got, make it. Hey, you guys got a haul, but oh, we're gonna. Do, oh, we will. Yeah. Hey. Um, I got the secret weapon right here. Yeah. yeah. No, that, no. 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 I think he's got secret weapon. Yeah. And rhino. Hey, listen. I want to come to an event and see what you're working on. So I. My first race next year will be in St. Petersburg. Oh, yeah. I've on the streets. Florida. Yeah. yeah. Still, hey, you so, got my home number now. Yeah, you have an right. open invite we'll, to come hang out I'm with me all trying, weekend. I'm yeah. trying to, we'll I'm make trying that to chill up we'll there. We'll make that work. Yeah, right. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay, I know they're closing. Yeah, they're, they're closing. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's run through a couple quick things. Absolutely. Um, uh, there, there's a lot of urban legends. We, we can't dwell on this because we don't have time. Yeah. There's a lot of urban legends. Um, you, can, you can say yay or nay. Um, did you ever use a race hauler to transport other things beyond race cars never never no. interesting so sean was like so uh, built up on that I question so I, yeah. used, I used tractor and trailers but not my race tractor yeah. trailers. okay what well, would you hide them inside the tractor trailer or if you just happened to open it up you'd see everything no the tractor and trailers was the distributors uh part of his j description okay like if you if i'm gonna give you Fifty thousand pounds. Yeah. You got to haul it with your vehicle. Okay. Okay. So, and that's up to, so in other words, what I would do is we would put, let's say, twenty-seven thousand, thirty thousand pounds. Yeah. In a traction trailer. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and wouldn't fill it all the way back. It'd take a let's say a forty-eight foot. Yeah. Uh huh. 
would put plywood right. on the back with these jacks to keep it stayed up and it would secure the plywood. Right. right. And then about four or five feet from that backward on, I would put whatever you chose, hot tubs. Yeah. Big yeah. hot tubs. Right. Wait a lot. You can't just move. Yeah. yeah. Um, produce, tomatoes, lettuce, yeah. whatever you want to put in there. Yeah. And in the warehouses, I would have scales uh -huh. so you could weigh your, your track and trailer, yeah. get all the weight right on the wheels. I'd have a typewriter, uh, type up the manifest, yeah. give that to the driver. Um, after you get all your produce and the, the fake wall, yeah. you can't see in there. Sure. We'd lock the doors, and I had customs, these little custom from customs made locks like they look they seal uh -huh. it's a custom seal so the door would lock yeah i'd put custom seals on them so it's like it's coming from yeah, yeah, customs yeah. so if any uh weight uh road guy uh would see stop the track trail he'd, he'd see, see it with a seal it, so he'd seal think it was customs. official that's right right, right. Yeah. that's very smart so and off they would go yeah. I'd, I'd had they'd haul it from let's say california to michigan jesus right? christ and uh yeah they'd no problem. Wow. No problem. And you never uh, got popped for any of that stuff. Nah, it was purely just people riding. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, any, okay, at the height of it, how many people do you assume are working underneath you? Hundreds. Hundreds, yeah. Yeah. But hundreds could still make that kind of impact financially. You know what I mean? It's not thousands of people that are having to, to do this for you to be able to get millions and millions of dollars. Just hundreds. Hundreds yeah. of people, yeah. Did yeah. you ever get to go to Studio 54? Yes. Yeah. How was yes. it? Is it as cool Love as I said it was? Fifty four. Loved the Palladium, yeah. which was yeah. later yeah. Yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spent a lot of time there. I had apartments in yeah. in the village. I had apartments in the West Side. Yeah. That's awesome. uh, right near Columbus Circle, Broadway, and um, about seventy second, I think. Right, right near Lincoln Center. Yeah. If you okay. if you know the city. Yes, we do. Broadway, right one block over from Lincoln Center. Yeah. I had an apartment there. Now, were you getting to run around with celebrities at any time in this? Since you're, you're considered a racing then, celebrity then, yourself. Then, uh, then. Well, yeah, back then, where like no. I mean, because I used to go to a lot of the fights and stuff. Okay. I love watching boxing yeah, back yeah. then. I'd go all the. Yeah. You know, I seen Ali fight and the Spinks fight and Sugar Ray Leonard and um, Roberto Duran yeah. and Thomas Hearns and. Would you ever go to like, okay, so you hear about these stories where it's like, yeah, he'd come in and not you necessarily, but he'd come in and he'd buy dinner for the whole restaurant or he'd buy a car for all of his guys. Did anything crazy like that? Because like with one of these guys, no, I, just, I gave away just Rolex presidential watches. That's and stuff a good thing for, to give for away. For gifts for yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Christmas and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. You know. So you weren't, no. you weren't out of control, too, too, no. except, except for, for with your biggest passion. Yeah. It was racing. It was racing. Yeah. So, yeah. Four cars in one setting. Like I need four cars. I got to Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like you were actually, we, your house down here, was it some crazy house or was it just a My nice? My house, yeah, I had a couple of houses here. I had yeah. one on the beach and yeah. one, well, one on Intercoastal and um, one up out in a ranch yeah. uh, out in the, where the horses, because I like, my daughter um, started jumping horses. Okay. I did the little equestrian sure. circuit yeah. here in the West Palm Beach and all this. Yeah. So... Um, my house in Davie was kind of a little ostentatious, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I had gutted it a couple of times and yeah. redid it. So with waterfalls in the house and <laughs> waterfalls in the in the pool area. Yeah, yeah. And it was uh, 
was nice. So if you watch a, a – do you watch, like, a gangster movie now or, or like, a movie like that? I, like that I could... quit watching TV years really? ago. Oh, okay. okay. I watch – I do watch uh, – I do like going to movies. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I quit watching TV uh, back years ago. Uh, became a yoga instructor. Okay. And okay. got away from um, – it was just too much stuff on TV, yeah. politics with the prison uh, TV and yeah. stuff, uh, you know. The, so I got away from that, and I'd, I'd rather be in my cell drawing or painting right. in, the, in the art room. Uh, and um, for a while there, um, I was a big runner. Exercise was yeah. my main thing yeah. for years. And uh, did many marathons and ran 50 to 75 miles a week. Jeez, that's and fantastic. Lots, that's like really getting it done. Lots wow. of yeah. running. Yeah. Lots of running. And... Um, Destroyed my hip, had to get a hip replacement a few years ago, and um, when that happened, it took me about seven years to get the hip replacement yeah. done, and I couldn't walk no more than seven, eight, ten minutes. I had yeah, to yeah, sit yeah. down and park, right. and so that's when I took up oil painting. Fair enough. And uh, oh, I'll show you some more oil painting. Cool. Well, Randy, that's this was awesome. Hey, yeah, you did this good. For this. We appreciate it so much, and with that, Continental's got, got the check. check. Wow, that was such a great episode. That guest really knew how to tell a story. Really, Ryan? You're happy with that one? Awesome, because I like Randy a lot. You're welcome, Sean. I'm right here. All right, thank you to Randy Lanier, who uh, just is an awesome guy, and there's no more to say to that. Thank you to you, the listener, for uh, pushing past the uh, distortion issues we had uh, to, to listen in. And we're going to close out with a guy that I'm a big fan of. We played a, a couple of his songs prior to this, uh, Jared Gorbel. It's a J-A-R-R-O-D-G-O-R-B-E-L. Uh, you can find him on iTunes and, and a handful of different places. But uh, this is a uh, song of his that I like quite a bit, actually. It's called Ten Years Older. And I hope you enjoy it, too. a soldier You left your home for what seemed noble Give anything to do it over Alone now There must be some other way To control how Your anger turns into rage Cause I know so unfair We used to escape under the brilliant glare It's the high that conquered you Stole the soul from the friend that we
something else Divert the blame from yourself Cause you can never do wrong Feels so good, so good to be alone now For too long now You've been misunderstood All alone now Go and save yourself Cause I know, I know life's so unfair We used to escape under the brilliant glare It's the high that conquered you Stole the soul from the friend that we knew Are the rumors true? Did your family rescue you? Cause you pushed everyone else away I've heard so many things Don't know what to think Did you really try to put it all to an end? Cause I know, I know life's so unfair 